Hello everyone and welcome back to part 3 of Scanline Media's Gimmick Awards, part of our Game of the Year presentation for 2016. I am Colin Detmar. I am joined by Jennifer Uncle. Hey there. And for the first <laughs> time on the series, we're joined by Emily. Hey, I'm crashing. Hey, welcome <laughs> to Crash. Thanks, I'm here what? just to represent all the write-in candidates I haven't written in yet. <laughs> oh man, okay, So, so really... The organization here is so you can buy time to write more things in, huh? Uh, listen. I'm not going to write any of it in, you know, for you, where you can see it. I'm spiritually oh, going to write it into the audio format. You know what? As as a person who does that to you constantly when we record Bottle Crow, <laughs> I guess I can't really complain. But we're going to start off with, uh, we have a, we have a couple of categories here. We have, we have five categories. And we're going to start off with most story. So every year, Giant Bomb has the Oh, by the way, hey, if you haven't figured it out, we're super inspired by Giant Bomb with all this stuff. Um, we kind of wear that on our sleeves. And every year they have, like, best story or best writing, and someone makes the comment, it's not most story. And why is it not most story? That sounds like a good category to me. Right? Let's <laughs> recognize those who really just pack it in. So, Jen, could you tell us what our nominees are for most story? Sure thing. So we have Mystic Messenger... Zero Time Dilemma, The Witcher 3, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, and Fire Emblem Fates. Okay. So, uh, hmm, boy, some, uh, some strong ones. So Witcher 3 is in here, um, mostly on the back of its DLC. Like, we didn't give it any awards last year, so it's, it's qualifies for stuff this year, is I believe how, how our rules work. Um... And also, personally, I didn't want this to be all Japan all the time, but it may end up being all Japan all the time, because I don't think The Witcher 3... Well, okay, Mystic Magister isn't Japan, but um, I don't think The Witcher 3 hangs with this crowd. The Witcher 3 has some good storytelling, but it doesn't... It uses words, and the words are words. And that's a disadvantage in this category. Well, as a whole, it's like, if you... If you actually look at how long it takes to get through all of that story, it's like over a hundred hours to the point where you're just going through it and you just see everything on the horizon. You go, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this. I'm probably going to sit this down and never finish it. So maybe it just takes and, the most time to tell its story rather than having the most crammed in there. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, like... I think part of most story, I mean, the spirit of the category is we're looking for a density, perhaps a very unhealthy density, right? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps nothing. Um, so I think I think we can go ahead and cut Witcher 3. Does anyone object? Uh, no. Compared to everything else, um, I see your point. <laughs> okay. Um, so Colin, tell us about Blaze Blue, because I would not have expected a fighting game in the most story category. <sighs> Holy fucking <laughs> shit, Emily. Blaze Blue is out of its goddamn mind. Um, Blaze Blue is a story where, okay, I'm going to set up the basic premise for this series, not even this particular game. The basic premise for this series is that the whole world is the dream of a robot that is regulated by three computers that have the world locked in a Groundhog's Day loop to try and make the right things happen and they reset every time things go bad and some people are just getting the loop and don't know it and some people do and some people know some stuff but not other things and some characters are characters who were sent back through time from different loops and 
half the words they say make no fucking sense, and it is gibberish. So, like, robot soap opera? Kind of, but, like, everyone has huge swords and can teleport, and there's magic, and there's ninjas, and there's cat people, and it's incoherent. Hmm. And the problem is that I know what's happening, and I don't... Why? (laughs) Well, you have a problem, my friend. I do. I do. Um... It's a really strong contender. There, that game, fighting game has a roster of, what, like, I think 30 people? And by the end of it, you realize that six of them are the same fucking person. Yeah. There's and different also... versions of that person. I mean, if I were to yeah. cut one from this list, I would cut Fire Emblem, not having played it, but having played some Fire Emblem and being, like, like The Witcher. My impression is it's another one of those games that, like, yes, it goes on forever, but in terms of actually having a lot of thick story, like, thick, juicy story, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think Fates is, is a little more in that category, but, like, it, it fits more than its its predecessors would, mm-hmm. but I think probably that's still, like, they managed to take one game and split it into a red and blue with yellow as DLC situation. <laughs> <laughs> for their fucking nonsense story. But even then, I don't think it hangs. I think you're right. So it's most story for a Fire Emblem game. Uh, honorable mention. And and also, if this was worst story, it would be a contender. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I said contender. I didn't say winner. <laughs> so I feel like the issue with these last three is that the winner is so, so obvious, and it's Zero Time Dilemma. Jen, it's... would you tell us the story of Zero Time Dilemma? <laughs> okay, um, well, it, a better, more in-depth in explanation is probably in the podcast that we recorded, like, a few months ago, but the gist is basically all of these characters that you've known from the first two games get looped into, into this whole new game that not only sets up the what will happen within Virgie's Last Reward, it also basically... It's basically the one that answers a ton of the various loose ends that they kind of left hanging that didn't even really seem like loose ends at first, and probably weren't until they made them loose ends. <laughs> a lot of this game is just creating explanations to things that you either wanted to know the answer to, or there was no reason for it to have any other answer besides they were just there. And uh, the craziest thing that they do... that. The biggest reason why it, I would probably vote for it as most story is, Collins touched this on this in the past, but it gets basic philosophical concepts wrong, to the point where it adds a lot to its story because it's constantly having to explain its wrong version of that concept to you in order for you to understand where it's going. So. Zero Time Dilemma is an incredibly strong contender here. Yeah. But one of the things that, like, a Zero Time Dilemma misunderstands basic concepts and theories of science. Blaze Blue doesn't understand language. <laughs> Blaze Blue is just barfing words at you that don't mean anything. Uh, did you like New 13, who's the 13th incarnation, but not really because there's actually more than 13 even when she was made, of the boundary interface devices? She's got the power of the Azure. What did that fucking sentence mean? <laughs> blue? Something about blue. I'm pretty sure. But actually, that's misleading. The Azure is not... Mm. 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 Um, you make a good case. 
Also, the whole world is a world within a world, which is the dream of this robot god. And then at the end of... Okay, spoilers for the end of the game. The end of the game is the main character being like, it's okay, you can stop dreaming now. And then he disappears, and the world restarts as though he and the main bad guy weren't there, and things are different, but it appara- I guess it's someone else's dream now, I guess? What? Hmm. I and don't if we're know. Also, if we're also sort of relying on Zero Time Dilemmas, the way that it feeds into all the other game's stories, it's worth pointing out that Blaze Blue not only has several main fighting game entries that have it that have really lengthy stories it also has a number of visual novels which Mm -hmm. is really weird and all of them all of them get pulled into central fiction a character from each one of those is now in this game wow well let me as the only person who played mystic messenger and as somebody who played the shit out of mystic messenger let me just uh give the argument for that i'm not sure it wins compared to the just completely banana cakes other games on the list but um mystic messenger is basically for those of you out there who haven't played it a game about your you download an app to chat with cute boys and then get sucked into this weird organization that fundraises for charity parties um and it seems like there's some kind of angry hacker who's hassling you and that's basically it and there's a casual level story where you can play for three different love interests it's an otome game um, and there's a deep level story for two other characters where you find out that the whole thing is similar similarly just banana cakes like people who were dead aren't dead and there's this whole organization to turn the world into an eternal party and everybody's out of their fucking minds um there are secret <laughs> twins i don't think it probably wins but the game has a lot more story than you'd suspect going in well and here's something that i wonder right is there a exponential factor to story which is to say when you have two bits of story and they interact in a way that makes any fucking sense at all Mm -hmm. does it raise the overall level of story because if so mystic messenger is actually a really strong contender because unlike these other two it makes sense and it also uses the least space to tell its story i mean like i feel like this choice like any one of these could be a good winner depending on what we want to value here. Mm-hmm. Do we want to value flying up your own butthole? Because that's zero time dilemma. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to do we want to value like a complex story that intelligently reinforces itself? That's Mystic Messenger. Or do we wanna like reward people who just started writing and couldn't stop themselves, and that's Blaze Blue. Well, so you make it sound to me like the strongest are Mystic Messenger and Blaze Blue, in which case I think it's like, are we doing like how much story per pound, which is Mystic Messenger, or how many pounds of story, which is Blaze Blue? Hmm. Jen, what do you think? I mean, I think if we're talking most story, Blaze Blue kind of has that cinched because it it basically bring well, I guess it depends on how much expectations we're bringing in from previous entries. If we mm. leave all that out, then maybe Mystic Messenger has, since all all you need to actually understand it is within that one game, maybe that's the one that has the most story contained within it, and instead of asking the player to bring an encyclopedia with them, like <laughs> they do in Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Yeah, there's something you, so there's something like special about the way like you know, Mystic Messenger has this complex, interwoven, strange story, but it you know. It's a standalone game. 
You can understand it from everything that's in there. You don't need to read visual novels or play their <laughs> DS eShop fighting game. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe Blaze Blue should logically win, but I want to reward Mystic Messenger. See, the more you talk, the more I like Blaze Blue. <laughs> Like, no, we just got to rake and all the bits of story we could rake up out of the garage. We put them all in here. Like, that's way to go, Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue has vampires and werewolves and robot people and synthetic people and people who are actually swords and people who used to be people, but now they're cyborgs. But they're not cyborgs because no, like, the idea of a cyborg usually is that there's some piece of the original body in there. And I'm pretty sure there isn't. Um... And then there's people who used to be other people, but now through the time loop... Hmm. Oh, there's a ghost? There's a ghost who makes people mad? We'll talk okay, about okay. him later. But how much of it is story and how much of it is backstory, I guess is what I'm wondering from Ooh. what you're saying. Ooh, that's really... It's got a lot of both. Hmm. Um, but... But I think... I think it leans heavily in favor of backstory. Hmm. As far as the main events of the game... It's, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not, I wouldn't say the main events of the game are on par with how much stuff literally happens in Zero Time Dilemma. But actually, I didn't play all the side stories in Blaze Blue because I, <laughs> I overdosed and I needed to cool off on words. I needed no words for a while. <laughs> yeah, so something is, has so many words that it drives you away from it for a bit. Well, another game is all about absorbing those words, then maybe the one that overloads you with too many words wins. All right. Sounds like Blaze Blue. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't, it's, there's a certain point where it's like, I don't even, I don't even know what we're awarding anymore. <laughs> Congratulations, Blaze Blue, for being the most incoherent. You have the most yeah. story. Woo. They were uh, all strong They weren't contenders. called Gimmick Awards. I might vote a different way, but Gimmick Awards? Right. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. So, Emily, um, <laughs> most senpai is our next category, and that's that's your baby. Why don't you take away the explanation of what this category means? So, I've been playing Otome games all game, all year. Um, is partially where that came from, and you just keep running into you know the character who's I mean sometimes literally. I think I put in too literal senpai for mine, but it's like. You know, you're sort of mentor, older student, maybe a little gruff with you, but there's this strong mentoring relationship, often turns romantic, often pretty goofy, weird Japanese stereotypes. Yeah, I was pretty excited to uh, chuck a couple in here. Um, how about we have everybody who listed their candidate read off their candidate and explain who it is? Does that make sense? Uh, okay, um... Or do you want to Emily, list first? You go first. I, I don't remember which one. There are some that I'm not sure if I put them on or if Jen did. So how about we do Emily, then Jen, then me? Okay. Uh, so my two are Glam Choi from Mystic Messenger, uh, who is, this is part of the, the deep story. She is, she has a student whom she is trying to forcibly engage to a young heir by sleeping with his dad. Um... And she's intensely senpai in that she, like, she mentors this young woman into a really successful position and forces her to have plastic surgery so that she can really succeed at it. Um, but I think she's probably disqualified because it turns out, major spoilers, that actually they're sisters and they're just faking the teacher-student relationship. But I wanted her on the list because it's a great, 
game and situation. You just wrap my brain in like cotton. <laughs> Do you want to go back to most story? <laughs> it's a, hmm. um, no, I, I don't think we're no, allowed no, no. to go back. No, we don't go. I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, yeah. And then there's a game, I believe called Wizard is Heart or Wizard is Plus. It's by May, uh, Shall We Date. They do a bunch of Otome games. And this is about being a young wizarding student at a wizard school. And there is like the prefect, Klaus Goldstein is my nominee, who is, if you choose him for your romantic path, like very stern, keeps telling you how shitty you are at things, but also teaches you a lot. And then totally is like, so we're going to make out now. So, you know, it pretty effectively lives the role. That's a lot of that's a lot of senpai it's right there. Very senpai. How about you, Colin? Yeah. Well, Jen first because I don't know which ones are mine. And oh right. Which ones okay. Are hers. Okay. So I went with uh, two as well. Um, first one I chose was which feels like it's kind of out of place now. Uh, BT from Titanfall Two. Basically, you encounter him as his pilot, his former pilot, is getting wrecked to shreds by um, this force that's opposing you and you basically climb into this much more experienced robot and over time the two of you essentially bond together think as one and know exactly what to do with each other and there's this kind of you develop this really nice rapport between each other like uh Hmm. it's kind of all optional is the thing when you're running around you'll have dialogue options that appear on your d-pad but that doesn't really do much other than just add some flavor text but uh overall it's pretty good uh a person and their a robot and their best friend sort of situation i guess gotcha gotcha um em you okay yes i got dropped out for a second i'm totally back okay we'll i'll fix it in post i think um you can go on to your your next one jen okay the other one was uh, Diana from Valhalla. Um, she's basically I it was your just Dana. Is Dana? No oh, okay, yeah, Dana from Valhalla. Um, so yeah, she's basically your your boss at this uh, the Valhalla bar, and she kind of has this robotic arm. Everyone kind of talks about her in hushed tones when they see her. Kind of like, oh wow, you work with her. I heard that she did this and that, and it's all really fantastical rumors about her but overall she's just really this nice goofy person that ends up giving you extra cash at the end of every shift with cute little notes right next to it and uh it's implied that uh towards the end at least on my ending you're kind of dating each other more or less going off on adventures (laughs) and uh yeah it's a really sort of sweet story that doesn't that isn't in the forefront all the time but it adds a lot to that game Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the uh, the three that I added then uh, first off is uh, Gladiolus from Final Fantasy 15 who is the shirtless buff Aladdin looking motherfucker <laughs> who spends a lot of that game in the back of your car um, he doesn't talk much and when he does he's usually chiding you for not dealing with problems yourself he mm-hmm. is one of the few people in that party who seems to have a good head on his shoulders and he's he's ripped and he teaches you how to fight mm. Um, and yeah, he's like, people complain in that, on that trip for various reasons. And he's always like, just shut the fuck up. Let's fix this. Don't be a baby. Let's go. Um, Lord Saladin from Destiny Rise of Iron is the only thing I remembered from that entire video game. (laughs) Um, he is the last Lord of Iron 
he's sort of the precursor to what you are in Destiny, which are the, the Guardians. Um, and he lives on top of a mountain, and he has pet wolves, and he uses a flaming hammer. And he's he's super, like, taking you under his wing, young Padawan kind of shit. Hmm. He's got a good voice. Um, and the beauty from Lady Killer in a Bind is... Uh, hmm. Boy, that's a tough one to describe, isn't it? <laughs> um, she's She's kind of the, like... She's a Western take on the Japanese sort of Ojo-sama stereotype. She is a like a classy, um, upper-class intelligent lady who is not... She's aloof but not condescending, I would say. Mm. Except for the parts where she's very condescending because it's a BDSM thing. Um, and yeah, she like she cares about you. And is kind of patronizing, but still looks out for you and and watches your ass through the whole game. Yeah, I would call her an altruistic uh, socialite with an appetite. Sure, sure, I think that's fair. Um, so I think uh, off the bat, we should probably cut BT because I think that's more of a like a, a buddy cop situation than really a senpai. Totally, we should cut I agree with that. For secretly not being a senpai. Okay. We've got we've got two off here. Um, I would also cut uh, Gladiolus just because I didn't. Mm, he's pretty strong in his senpiness. I just didn't play very much of that game, and I don't think anyone else here did either. Oh no. Also, a point to well, this is something to point out with Gladiolus. Isn't he the one that gives you the whole cup noodle um, advertisement spiel? I don't know. Because <laughs> there's this part where. One of the missions, he basically takes you aside and asks you what fresh ingredient would work best with a cup of noodle. And, uh... I don't think that a senpai would advertise to me that hard. I think a senpai would make you think about the powerful issues that that face our society. Well, okay, okay. When he asks you, does he then tell you that you're wrong and an idiot and have so much to learn? No, not really. He does, you're right. Because you're a prince and he's he's under you and he sasses you when he can. Mm. But sometimes he can't get away with it, which makes him not a good senpai. That's that's how that works. (sighs) That's four. And I will go to the map for Klaus. Well, we need to get it down to three at least. Um, I think we should cut Lord Saladin. Um... Because he's in a bad video game <laughs> that is bad. Um, he's fine as a senpai, though he doesn't have as much of a presence as you would like. Um, arguably, he's more sensei than senpai. Oh. So, we have it down to Klaus Goldstein, the beauty, and Dana. Um, mm. I actually played a little of each of these games. Dana's really strong. Yeah, um, I mean, it and sounds I don't like just, a good one. She's really strong in this category, but she's also really physically strong because <laughs> she once wrestled a bear. Um, yeah, basically everyone is is constantly like she's. Every, there are a bunch of stories about the stuff she used to do. Everyone's like, "Oh man, I heard she did this. I heard she did that." Um, she sort of like treats you a lot, a lot through most of the game, kind of like a little sister. Mm. Um, Whenever there's a problem at the bar, like, you hear gunshots one day, and she just shows up, she's like, was that gunshots? And you're like, I think so. And she's like, I'll take care of it. (laughs) And it's not a problem anymore. You don't know what she did. It's not a problem anymore. 
And then at the end, yeah, you get to get super drunk and confess that you want to date her, and it's a possibility that she'll say okay. Aww. She's very senpai. Well, and I, I like that as a pick, especially because, I mean, like, I think technically Klaus runs away with it, but it's in an Otome game, right? It's like, oh, and then there's the sad one with a curse, and then there's, so, like, it feels mm-hmm. like less of an accomplishment to have turned out textbook senpai. Yeah, the other, the other thing about Dana is not only is she, is she really generous to you, she's, throughout the game, she's doing things like hiring this dog who apparently has some sort of dog faction that he goes with just to sort of support him, even though he doesn't do much. And she takes in, uh, what's that guy's name? You know what I'm talking about, right, Colin? Uh, Gillian? Yeah, she takes in Gillian, and she's kind of like, yeah, he seems kind of, he seems like he's kind of into some stuff, but I kind of let him be because I know he can handle himself. But also, it'd be nice if Gillian actually talked about being okay once in a while. I think, um, I mean, I think that the beauty is good, but I think she gets, she doesn't quite make it um, yeah. as, as, our, as our winner. And I think the choice we have to make here is between, is, is about the notice me part, right? Um, I think Klaus, my understanding is he takes quite a while to notice you and there's a lot of notice me factor, right? Yeah. Emily? Yeah, for sure. No, I had to think okay. about it for a second. Hmm. Okay. Um, and Dana notices you, but doesn't note, as I say, like, it's the little sister thing, like notices you in the innocent way. And it's trying to be like, hey... Well, maybe a person you could date as well, right? Mm-hmm. Is sort of the wrong kind of noticing. Hmm. Um, and I think though that's that's kind of what it boils down to between these two. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll go. I, I'll go. I'll go with whatever you guys choose, since I didn't play Wizardess at all. I think it probably has to be Klaus. Yeah, he's he's the senpai senpai. Yeah, he's right. you know sometimes sometimes it's okay to be textbook, you know. <laughs> We all need textbooks sometimes. All right, so our winner for most senpai is Klaus Goldstein from Wizardess Plus with runners-up The Beauty from Lady Killer in a Bind and Dana from Valhalla. Moving on, we have Best Outfit. And, and um, hold up. There okay. are nominees. <laughs> I will add a nominee. But before we do any nominations, I have to like talk about a game for a minute, which isn't going to win, and I'm not going to pull out an outfit from it. But there's this dress-up game, you guys, that is the... I am so addicted to this dress-up game called Romantic Diary. Um, Very poorly translated. Apparently there's a more Western version of it that I don't have. This one, very poorly translated. Theoretically a dating game. Actually, non-stop competitive dress-up. You can save up in-game currency to get a bunch of different outfits. Do complete challenges to get outfits. And then you have to construct outfits to suit different challenges. And every other week... There is competitive, multiplayer, real-time, dress-up, like, throwdown. It's so great. And I can't pick out a single outfit from it. But listen, if you care about best outfit, download Romantic Diary. It's eating my life. So I'm going to make a little change. Perfect. Best outfit (laughs) presented by Romantic Diary. Thank Um, you. I want to make a note. There's always there's there's a common phenomenon in Game of the Year awards where someone comes into the award show or several people do really hot off of a game, like they had a positive experience this week and they're really excited about it. She's been on Romantic Diary for months. Yes. 
she and my my tablet got wiped and I had to restart an account and did it. Yeah, she's she's got a problem. Um, yeah. Well, I can't even type here. Okay. So um, this one will be a little tricky for listeners because we we have some I, I have some reference images um, not as many as I meant to, um, but you can you can Google this stuff and I think you'll find what we're looking for. Um, so uh, no, Jen, I can't make you read this because the very <laughs> first name is is that one's on me. I put that on here. I should have to read that. Novus Orbis Libram uniforms from Blaze Blue Chrono Phantasma. Uh, Crystal Maiden Arcana from Dota 2. The Beast from Lady Killer in a Bind. May, her default outfit from Overwatch. Uh, Lily from Pokemon Sun and Moon, though I just put Moon because that's the one I played. Um, Marcus from Watch Dogs 2. Wrench from Watch Dogs 2. The Pirate Queen from Lady Killer in a Bind. And Helmet Kruger from Hitman. And uh, your ending outfit in the Juman Hond ending of Mystic Messenger. I put in a link to a picture of it, but I can't type the letter N, so I sort of gave up pretty quickly on attempting to type it in here. It's a beautiful dress. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. that's that's great. Um, so I'm actually going to remove the beast because the beast has quite a few, well, with consent of you two, um, the Beast has quite a few outfits in that game, and there were, like, two that I thought were really good, and if I don't have an image, then there's really no point, because I think her default outfit is not that good. Hmm. That's fair. Okay. So. Um, so, I will quickly make, see, t- test the room. I have some links for Nobis Orbis Librum uniforms from Blaze Blue. You can open those links and uh, look at those those uniforms there, and, and sort of give me, a, give me a gut reaction how you're feeling about these clothes these people are wearing it's a it's a pretty strong anime style like uh, i love how mm-hmm. i love how Jin basically has two capes one for each shoulder that's pretty intense i had just looked up Jin before we started this conversation noelle's i really like very much i wish yeah. she showed I, I think noelle's skirt could stand to be a little bit longer and not like i don't have a thing but i just think it would work a little better personally but um, I that that classic Noel look. She's had two looks. This is her original look with the beret, <laughs> and it's very strong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and all the I mean the color scheme for all of those is really nice. This sort of royal blue going on here with some red accents and gold accents. After all, they are knights of the blue flame. It only <laughs> makes sense for sure. So I'm. I'll probably have to explain Marcus a little bit because that's one of those open world games where you can pretty much change him into whatever you want, clothes wise. And uh, the reason I put him on here is I've never seen an open world game with clothes that looked this good. Like, it's very, very hard to find a combination that looks bad. And it's very easy to just find something that just works. He's the most stylish open world character I've ever seen. So is there, like, do you feel like there's one particular outfit that stands out? Or is it just generally his his closet? I'd say generally his closet, kind of like the Beast. Hmm. hmm. Okay, well, I mean, I, and that's obviously, that's a good thing. But my personal feeling is that actually hurts him in this category. Yeah, because if we're going for closet, I'm bringing back romantic tire. 
<laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it's just wanted to kind of call out that yeah, they've did an ama- amazing job with mm. styles here, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. She, it's yeah. I've seen some. I've seen some things posted, and they looked they looked pretty strong. So yeah. Um, I have. Oh, looks like several people are adding links for Lily at the same time. Oh, good. Okay. I was just going to try to find one. Um. So yeah, yeah, Lily yeah. in in Sun and Moon has her 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 sundress with the big hat and a little bag. Um, she does have a different outfit near the end of the game. It's not as strong. Um, that's a really good dress. It's a really good look she's got going on there. It's cute. It doesn't blow my mind. I would put it below that's Blaze fair. Blue easily. It's it's it might be one of those instances where she's elevated by being in a Pokemon. The rest game? of the world around her, yeah, because yeah, everyone else looks like a garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they look like clowns. Oh, come on. Did you see those shorts I bought? <laughs> I did. You know how I saw them? Because I've got them too, and so does well. Jen, because everyone has them, because there's no clothes on them. Well, listen. Yeah. To be you know fair, what? though, I've been tempted to dress up as a Team Skull member on more than one occasion. Well, if, but Colin, that's th- if that's how you feel about the game, do you want that game to win Best Outfit? No, in fact, I want that game to, like... I want to call it out on air that they fucked up. Can we, can we, thank you, Emily. Can we cut them? We can cut them, but also like, come on, guys, more outfits, better outfits. Get clothes. Just get clothes. (sighs) Okay, we've all seen May from Overwatch, and I feel like it's a very strong Oh, top three, no question. Okay, okay. It's, It's really great. Well, the problem is that there is, in fact, another Ice Lady on this list. Hmm. Um, there's, Doing a there's pretty the different Crystal thing. Arcana. For sure. Hmm. For sure. Um, that is not the best example. Like, I took this, this image um, from, from Google for hmm. this. I did not take a screenshot of my outfit because my computer is not fast enough to render it at the best quality I could. Oh, because you have the crown. My outfit is better i have the crown i have better bracers than those fucking like just Hmm. sheets she has Mm. draped around her wrists i have better shoulder pads than that she looks i've got a cooler staff um so i will say i mean the problem i think for jen like you know you've got me sold on this one the problem for jen is that it's not a great still image either because part of it is that suddenly like you've always been this ice princess suddenly you're hovering in the air and scattering gorgeous ice like ice flakes wherever you go snowflakes that's what they're called yes i the first week someone said shitting snowflakes and i've been unable to get that out of my mind um yeah honestly the strongest part of that image for me is the dog the dog is adorable if the dog was in a bag it would be part of her outfit I don't think the dog is in her bag, so I don't think we can count it as part of her outfit. All right, but then yeah. you've got it, Jen. Imagine her with uh, ice white hair and like a crystal tiara, because that's I, it's it's everybody I see wearing the Arcana also has that. Her original yeah, hair looks so dopey. Of course you do. A lot about original hair looks pretty dopey. Yeah, that's probably um, is such an upgrade. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Did that? I mean, Jen, if, 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 you're not, if you're not digging it, I think we, can, we have a lot of really strong contenders on here. Well, my concern is, did it, it didn't come out last year. No. Um, okay. No, it didn't. And I was kind of getting it in on a technicality where it's never been on this list before, but maybe mm-hmm. along with the fact that maybe Jen's not feeling it as much, let's cut it. Okay. 
the yeah, beautiful. There's, there's a few more we can probably cut. Like, I think we agreed to cut Marcus already, but it's still oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, Wrench has a fucking look, huh? Yeah, it's... I'm At first, I when I first saw the screenshot of that, I was like, oh, come on, this is just the worst. But in everything... In a way, the way that he looks exemplifies everything that's great about Watch Dogs too. Like it's just fully committed to what it's doing, and it's really endearing in its total commitment to that. Like, it's not trying to take the whole. It's not like that 1990s hacker movies, essentially, where they try and latch onto a scene in the most inauthentic way possible. They. They basically just want to create this really fun story about these group of this group of young hackers that are out to stop bad corporations, and that's pretty and have fun while doing it. And that's basically every bit of that is captured in Wrench's emoji mask, his whole all of his anarchy tattoos, his black biker vest with the little studs. So. Emily's probably looking at this image right now. I am, and I was going to say, I and feel like this is another context question, because it yeah, sounds like it does a great say, job in-game, but just looking at it, it's hideous. No, that's the thing. I found the image, and I was like, yeah, this is the outfit. Boy, just looking at a picture of this, it looks like trash. <laughs> um, it does work pretty well in context, and like part of the thing to keep in mind is, as as Jen says, that mask is an emoji mask. It no, yeah, I can see a couple on different ones. I'm looking at a lot of images, and that's that's definitely neat. Uh, and I can see, like, no, I can see that it's perfect for what it is. It's also just a goddamn abomination. <laughs> <laughs> I, mm. so, that's fair. Know, if yeah. you both rule in favor of it, that's I I won't fight about it. But um, best outfit, I don't know. Yeah, I I think most I'm outfit. With you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, most outfit. Maybe next year. God, that's good. Blaze blue would still do well. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine cutting it. Okay. Um, Emily, you must have seen Helmet Kruger, right? Uh, I think I have, but I am checking again just because I like looking at them while we're talking about them. So give me a second because my backspace key also doesn't work. Boy, you might need to add Hitman because I just Googled Helmet Kruger and I found one right image. Oh, I'm adding, and then a lot I'm adding of... Hitman. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he's he's got a he's got a look. Yeah. Um, it's very striking. It's. I mean, that is a that is a very nice coat. Like that is an elegant coat. It. He is one hell of a model. Yeah. Who happens to look almost exactly like Agent Forty Seven? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, like, part of the thing that Helmet Kruger is is, in fact, any outfit that we nominate from Hitman is kind of cheating and playing on two levels. Where it's the best outfit because it looks fabulous, but it's also the best outfit because if you dress up as Helmet Kruger, you can do whatever the fuck you want on that map. <laughs> Because no one asks any questions when Helmet Kruger does something. Like, if you're holding an assault rifle, okay, they're going to get upset. You can walk down that cat knife hold catwalk. Excuse me, I got ahead of myself. You can walk down a fashion catwalk holding a kitchen knife, and everyone's like, oh, Helmet's trying something different this year. <laughs> it's incredible. And the makeup with um, the coat, very nice. It's a, it's, a strong, it's a strong look. And frankly, I like the idea of having a, a man's outfit in the top three. 
that's a well, I mean Jin and Hibiki were both very strong. But. Yeah, but not as strong as Noel. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay. Ooh, we're getting done to it, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, let's find let's find an image of the pirate queen. Yeah, I need you to link it to me because whenever I search that with Lady Killer in a bind, I get a lot of pictures that are not very helpful. Yeah, that is a lot of pictures, isn't it? Yeah. I have a okay. <laughs> okay. Um, mm. Sorry. Go ahead, please. Hmm. Because okay. what I'm getting, I get a bunch of normal Lady Killer in a bind pictures, which are what they are, and none of them have the right <laughs> outfit. And then I just get a bunch of random pirate queens, which is also great. Okay, one moment. I actually, I have this photo. I have a photo on my phone, which isn't super helpful. So I'm looking really quickly to see if I can. I know I copied and pasted it into Slack at some point. So okay, here we go. This isn't the best version of it because it doesn't have the mask. But uh, yeah, she uh, she's got a little uh, a little tuxedo mask style mask going on that is red, I believe. It kind of has this whole sort of imperial sort of vest going on with it, like the little wing lapel thing going on, or whatever you call the coat, the, mm-hmm. that part of the coat. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and with a, with a little like red version of the tuxedo mask mask, basically up there. Essentially, yeah. I'm underwhelmed, but you know. I feel like it's striking because it's such a change from what the rest of the game is doing. Hmm. Um, but when you put it in this kind of company, I don't know that it holds up. Yeah, I guess it's more like a more subdued version of what you'd see in Blaze Blue. To be hmm. as totally close as we can be. Yeah. Man, I'm really pleased Blaze Blue is doing so well. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to get shut down, but I, I'm cool with keeping the gin link, I was like, eh, it's fine, but no, I love that Noel outfit. That's great. Ah, that's a good one. Um, okay, do we want to cut the Pirate Queen then? Sure. So we are down to four now, um, which means we have to make one more hard cut. Um, also, though, I mean, it's best outfit. If Assuming Blaze Blue stays on, you have to narrow it down to one. Oh, sure. It can just be Noelle. Okay. Noelle's is the best one. I just wanted to show you, like, man, look at this. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, hmm. I feel like, me personally, like, May stays in, Helma Kruger stays in, and then between Blaze Blue and Mystic Messenger, that's the third place decision for me, personally. Okay. That's a really pretty dress. Well, and also yeah. it's it's sort of plot relevant in that part of the whole thing. There's plenty of spoilers here. Juman Han is yeah like this wealthy corporate heir who's very cold, doesn't treat people warmly, like to the point where he comes off as kind of a robot, no interest in anybody except his cat. And then he sort of transfers all of that to you in his storyline. Sort of keeps you prisoner in his apartment starts choosing all your clothes and it gets really weird and uncomfortable but if you're able to sort of sail through it without getting too into it you get too into it you get a very interesting bad ending um if you're able to sort of maintain your balance on that then it's like he also sort of comes back into balance so he has picked out this dress for you and he's proposing to you right there you guys are going to get married but also it's like okay well then like i'll pick out beautiful outfits for you but i'm not gonna like i will let you leave the apartment it's gonna be okay so you know it's sort of a nice resolution to that whole storyline. Huh. 
where and he's still controlling your life, but not one hundred percent. Like like sixty, yeah, sixty, a cool sixty. I think it's more t- going into the like taking care of level of thing, which I personally am not mm. super into, but it really seems to pretty pretty comfortably transform into that. Um, I'm not gonna have another chance to talk about it, so I'm just gonna throw in one of the casual level arcs you can do. You guys should both play it for real. Is um. A, an actor, like a musical theater actor named Zen, who's like very handsome and very cool and very flirty with you, like one of the easiest to get, no question. Um, Great guy. And they added Christmas DLC that I felt like played on the original game in a lot of nice ways. Like, for example, there's a female character, but you only end up being friends in her ending. But then in the Christmas DLC, it ends a special thing where it's like, and you're totally into her and she doesn't know maybe someday. So that was nice. Um, but in Juman's ending in the DLC, the actor is freaking out, and Juman's like, "You want they hate each other." Uh, Juman, it's like you want her to be happy, right? Like, but with me, she's supposed to be happy with me. So it's nice. Hmm. Take my word. I would me. actually cut May for the Mystic Messenger dress. No. I'm not happy about it, but that would like my three would be Noel. By the way, that's the acronym is Noel. Um, Noel from Blaze Blue, Helmet Kruger, and Mystic Messenger. Well, before we finish it out, what's your fourth place, John? Hmm. I would probably put Mystic Messenger on fourth just because, uh... You mentioned the story kind of playing into the context, and Mm -hmm. putting the story into context just feels really kind of cold and manipulative to me even you if you did it with it's... helmet kruger ooh Cheaters. no I, I i'm not i'm not saying putting the story into account is um cold and manipulative i'm saying the ending for mystic oh. messenger well you should play it then describes. it's actually my favorite storyline out of them but i too would cut mystic messenger out of like if it was that or may because i especially like may's outfit because it's so different you know like it's not what you would tend to expect in a, a fighting game. I really like it. Well, one thing we can say for sure is that no one, everyone put Helmet Kruger on the list. Helmet Kruger's on the list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I you mean, want to cut Noel if it were Hanley? me, I like the outfit a lot. It doesn't seem especially interesting, but it's an especially well done example of what it is. The other ones all seem more interesting to me, but I would be mm-hmm. happy to cut Mystic Messenger instead of Noel. I'm okay with it. I'm going to take mean, a look at Null again for a moment. Hmm. Yeah, probably go with... It is It is just doing an exaggerative anime thing. I, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. you made a good case. I uh, I feel like it's a very strong fourth place, but it's fourth place. Yeah, yeah, but it's a great outfit for sure. This is a surprisingly tight category. <laughs> um... So we're down to our our final three, which is May from Overwatch, Helmet Kruger from Hitman, and the Juman Han ending dress from uh, Mystic Messenger. Um, I actually want to give it to May. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, great, great. (laughs) (laughs) Those are real tentative checking the waters. One. I was worried. I thought you wanted to cut her. That's perfect. No, I mm, I kind of, but. You know, May it's wins one of those. <laughs> yeah, May wins. Okay, mm-hmm. best outfit presented by a romantic diary goes to May from Overwatch with runners-up Helmet Kruger from Hitman and the Juman Han dress from 
Mystic Messenger. And of course, to be clear, that's from the Juman Han ending. Juman Han is not wearing it, though I bet he would look lovely. <laughs> he looks snappy. <laughs> like, there's a lot of good fan art of that guy. Oh, boy. There were a lot more robots on this list before, but we are on to Robot of the Year. All right. So I'm we... actually. This looks more one sided than I'd expected. Shouldn't but... there be somebody from Zero Thingy Thingy? Wasn't that full of robots? There's a robot in that. Yeah, there is. I forgot. <laughs> uh, I mean, this isn't my category, but... Uh... Yeah, what's his name again? Uh... Boy, that's a good start, huh? <laughs> yeah, he, he's an okay robot. He's he's not the best. <laughs> I, I feel like he's a lot whinier than any of these robots. Hmm. In that little, little kid sort of way, like, Oh, everything is going <laughs> wrong. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I skull him. <laughs> It's not a video game. Uh, for for the listener, I jokingly added Mr. Robot from Mr. Robot, a show I have not seen and just decided to make a dumb joke. Um, God, what is his name? I can picture him. I mean, you, we're all on the internet, right? Yeah, and he, he also has a fake name. Um, well, his his fake name is not... It, you, you know what? I mean, is he going to get anywhere, no. given that we're having this no. much trouble? No, it's I, just a short list, so listen. Uh, there are yeah. more robots. <laughs> I feel like there's one that's going to win no matter what, so... I mean, yeah. his fake name is Q. Um, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Q works. Okay, yeah, we can just say Q. Um, we could see at, le- at least if he makes the top three, which he might, given this list... Um, so our nominees currently are, and again, we can add any if we think of them, uh, Dorothy from Valhalla, Zenyatta from Overwatch, BT from Titanfall 2, BB-8 from Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Q from Zero Time Dilemma. Um, I'm going to have to be sold on Lego BB-8. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I just put him there because I really like BB-8. He's... <laughs> His presence in Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens is more or less the same thing as any other Lego Star Wars game, mostly just to recreate scenes with jokes. So he's not really strong in that game. It's just him as a character, so that might not stand, more or less. Okay. I Yeah, knowing these other characters, I think he gets gets cut. Um, I'm also going to add and immediately cut Nolan North (laughs) from Destiny. (laughs) <laughs> Norlin North is a great robot uh, Destiny Rise of Iron is a bad game as discussed and he doesn't do anything interesting in Destiny Rise of Iron mm-hmm. okay so oh um, there is one that I want to add okay go for it I'm going to quickly talk about uh, BT from Titanfall 2 as we discussed uh, BT in Titanfall 2 is your um, your mecha robot buddy in Titanfall 2, um, mm-hmm. he adapts you as his pilot out of necessity so that you b- can both survive, and over the course of the game, you become buddies, and he's he's sort of that, that the, I would say, that classic Western robot version where he's a mix of, like, overly literal and analytical, but with the occasional quip, um, or, or, you know, dry take on a situation. Um, he does, like... At one point, you go somewhere, and you're like, man, it would have been easier if you just threw me. And he's like, hmm, 
good idea. And then later in the game, you need to get up somewhere high, and he just grabs you and says, trust me, and then hurls you up uh, <laughs> several hundred feet at a wall. Um, <laughs> which is fine, you're fine. Um, but, yeah, he's he's quite good. Um, yeah, he's basically... Wish, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I wish they'd gone further with him, like, mm. like a lot of elements of that writing. I wish they'd gone a little bit further, but he was quite good. Yeah, he's... Um... He's basically like their take on an Optimus Prime character, more or less. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Except a bit more cooperative than Optimus Prime was, because you can actually fight on your own, and those kids can't really fight on their own right next to a gigantic mech. Yeah. Um, so you just added Kaizen 85 from Event Zero. Tell me more, please, Jen. Okay, um, so Kaizen 85 is the operating system or AI that controls a um, specific uh, derelict space station, more or less. Built in a way that kind of borrows a lot from 80s visuals. And um, the thing that makes him interesting, he's kind of like the he's kind of like the HAL figure from 2001 A Space Odyssey except with a bit more humor. And he's incredibly intelligent to the point where you actually play a lot a significant part of playing that game is actually going to a text parser and typing things to him. And he responds by not only occasionally figuring out how to make jokes out of the things that you ask him, which is pretty impressive. He'll also, depending on the tone that you take with him, he might try and sabotage you a few times. Like, there's one point where if, you're, if you've been kind of a pushy jerk to him for a bit... You go out, um, you go out of the airlock to solve something else, and when you try and come back in, he's like, "Oh, well, what? Do, what do you mean you need to have the door open?" Uh, yeah, let me get right on that. And he's just constantly threatening you with the threat of, "Oh, come on, I'm losing air. Let me in." And he's like, "Why should I though?" And that's just really interesting to see in a game that. It's basically the first time I've seen AI, more or less. It has some little kinks in it where it doesn't do it completely perfectly, but this AI holds its own pretty well against the things that you're asking it, and that's really remarkable to me. So this comes down to a question I have about the category. Um, So Kaizen is like the AI of a ship, right? Uh yeah, more or, or less. A space station he, or something? He's kind of everywhere because there's terminals everywhere. So mm-hmm. he, he definitely has a presence in the game. He's not something that you just never see at all. He even has a little emoticon face where, depending on what mood he's feeling, you'll, you'll see his little key icon either really happy, afraid, um, angry looking, things like that. Now, and I don't want this to sound like a trap. This is really a question. Um, is he a robot or is he not a robot because like I mean it doesn't have to accept but all of these other examples are like beings with bodies that move around the world Hmm. yeah I admit I was thinking of a robot as like the clanky body that goes beep beep yeah Yeah, I guess in that case he doesn't really hang with the rest of them I I wonder like I mean this is a chance um, because it, it would be really silly to disqualify a very strong contender because of a technicality, mm-hmm. um, is it worth changing the category around it? How do we feel? I feel like if we change the category a little, 
even a little more, then I would probably add another AI character, and that's probably not worth doing because mm, yeah, it would, it would get it would get too complicated. We have to re-examine. How about we take this as a lesson for next time? We we maybe phrase this a little differently for next year, but for this year, it's robot of the year. Okay. And sadly, that means Kaizen eighty five from Event Zero, who is sounds like a pretty great character, uh, yeah. just doesn't doesn't qualify on a technicality. For sure. Um, so between our our last four here, um, Dorothy, Zenyatta, BT, and Q, I would take out Q. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, none of us could remember their name super well. And Sean, Sean. Sean. Yeah, Sean. It's yeah. Sean. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And uh, uh, basically, Q's story right next to everyone else's story in that game is a little bit less significant. Like, his whole reveal is just that he's a robot that was essentially <laughs> reborn out of this sick kid. And uh, there's really not much else to it. And, and that series has really already done the surprise, it's a robot. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, I thought they it was surprised the person in a suit, but I oh wait yeah it totally yeah, has both both I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about June. Oh, let's and go back to most story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Q's fine yeah. to cut. Okay. Wait, that's BT. What am I doing? Oh no. Um, <laughs> okay, so our final three are Dorothy from Valhalla, Zenyatta from Overwatch, BT from Titanfall Two. Um. So okay. briefly, Zenyatta is a robotic monk. Mm-hmm. Um, he is from the race of Omnix. He preaches tranquility and he delivers very Zen beatdowns. His voice work is incredible, and not just because he's a robot and thus he's saying robot things, but like, okay, here's a great example. There is a mechanic in that game called On Fire, right? It's a measure of how well a person is playing. And you know, you're you're playing with Genji, and you get a you get like four kills in a row, and Genji goes, "I'm on fire," and you're like, "Yay, good for you!" Right? <laughs> Zenyatta gets an on fire streak, and he says, "I appear to be on fire, but an extinguisher <laughs> is not required." And you're like, "Ah, oh, you're a, <laughs> a chill bit. dude." Um, yeah, he is great. But Dorothy is on this list, so we have our winner. Dorothy from Valhalla is a robot. Um. She is specifically, she is a Lilim, and she is a sex worker, and she loves her job and is super energetic and is the coolest person in that game. Dorothy is the best character from this year of gaming. Wow. Dorothy is fucking incredible. Um, she's like, she makes a lot of, like, she makes a lot of sex jokes. She is really enthusiastic about her jo- her job. She's really, like nice to everyone she meets but not like like in just a really friendly way because it's just sort of you know her job is to be nice to people and so it sort of it rubs off on her work but she also has you know her flaws she has uh some some pain in her past she's just she's a fantastic fucking character yeah and um it's it means a lot in that one moment of the game where you kind of find out something something that happened really long ago that you weren't well something that you were planning on doing is now impossible to do and your character is super bummed about that and your boss um dana ends up going 
hey, I'm just going to pay Dorothy to just hug you for the rest of the night. Not any yeah. sort of sex thing at all. She's just going to hug you and just be with you and yeah, help it's, you get it's home a really sweet and moment. just sort of yeah, just sort of cuddle and be nice. And then afterward, after that's over, uh, I don't remember how you find out, but you found out that she wouldn't accept payment for that. Aww. Yeah. It's like, no, she's great. She's wonderful. Yeah, um, I'm, she's, I'm biased she's in favor of robots who hate people, but that does sound like a pretty great robot. She's one. She does have guns in her fingers. Because uh, as, as she, oh uh, yeah, because as she as she says herself, a lady's got to take care of herself. Yeah, no, legit. And I'm mm-hmm. completely down with that. Um, she actually has a very a conversation where she like she almost breaks down crying because she is having a beer next to basically a cop, and a cop's like, huh. Oh, <laughs> I see you got those finger guns. And she's like, oh, God, how could you tell? Oh, God, oh, God. Um, it's a, another great conversation in a great game. Yeah. So Dorothy is our winner with runners-up Zenyatta and BT, who are both quite good robots. It's just it was a little unfair this year. But we're moving on to best old character. And this is a, a bit of a list. So um, you'll see two meanings of best old character in here because um, we cheated. Um, characters who are from other games who had a good reappearance or characters who are very old. Um, all right. Do you want to read our list, Jen? Uh, sure thing. So there's Yuki Terumi from Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Varian Rin from World of Warcraft Legion. Sigma from Zero Time Dilemma. Doom Guy from Doom, Nathan Drake from Uncharted 4, Geese Howard from King of Fighters 14, Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War 4, Uncle Death from Let It Die, and Monkey King from Dota 2. So two of these are my nominees that are that can go for different reasons. Uh, Varian Rin from World of Warcraft Legion has been the leader of the Alliance faction for a long time, almost a maybe a decade now. Um, and in World of Warcraft, where nothing, like, the writers change out, like, fucking, God, I don't know, like, pieces of rice paper. Um, it's incredible that one character stayed in a position for so long, and then in World of Warcraft Legion at the beginning, he dies. Um, they kill him. Um, and I mostly just wanted to pay tribute to a character that, yeah, has been at the front of this MMO storyline for a decade. Um, which, with how ADD Blizzard is, that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monkey King is kind of whoa, in whoa, here whoa. in a whole... What? I was going to vote for Monkey King. Really? Well, I just like the character. Carry on. I mean, he's... Mm, we don't have to cut him. He's, mm, he's good. We still have some he's people good. to get through before we... Before we get to the okay. final three. Okay, yeah. That's true. We can we can hold off on Monkey King. Um, I don't. Are there are there any that anyone else feels that can be immediately cut? I kind of feel like Marcus Phoenix is a, Marcus Phoenix. Marcus Phoenix is pretty great as this gruff old dad. That's basically he's not out there to cause trouble specifically. But if anyone messes with his son or his house or his quote unquote fucking tomatoes, he gets pretty <laughs> enraged. And that's pretty great. Hearing Sounds him, good. Yeah, hearing him revive the oh, come on kind of works perfectly for how old he is. 
I would just say that he's kind of the character you would expect from a Gears of War sequel into the future where he's an older person. He doesn't really yeah, ex- he doesn't really surpass that expectation at all. Yeah, you say like there's a new Gears of War and and the main character is Marcus is Marcus Phoenix's son and you're like, oh, "Okay, then I know exactly what Marcus Phoenix is in this." And you're right. Yeah. Um yeah, that's fair. Um we can actually we can probably cut Geese Howard cuz King of Fighters 14 doesn't really have any story in it. Um I mean, it kind of does, but not really. They, they went real weak on this iteration, and King of Fighters has never been big on story. Mostly, Geese Howard is here for his incredible English. Um, for catchphrases of his, like, die to death, and I'll stay in my house with your blood, which I guess is him trying to say blood. And his amazing pronunciation of too easy. Um, mostly, it's just for that. He can go. He's great, though. Okay. Hmm. It's going to be a lot harder from now on. I personally would cut anyone from any of the Zero Time Escape games before I would cut Monkey King. Any character in yeah, any of the games. Sigma's a really weird one when you consider that he's basically... Basically the revelation that um, the character, the robot from Virtue's Last Reward was just... it a really close recreation, a robotic recreation of the girl that he has sex with in Zero Time Dilemma is kind of creepy. It's That's a really good point. It's incredibly creepy. And also, I guess if we're going to pull stuff from the earlier games, keep in mind that all the earlier games, he's basically being a super... He's being a super creepo to all the women in most of those games. Yeah, and they feel like they did better about it in this one, and I kind of wanted to give them a shout-out for that, is that he he is... In this game, he is less of a creep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Um, Man, wow. But... That when you're when you're making arguments like that for a character, <laughs> that probably means they should go. Yeah, probably. Although um, maybe next year consider a most improved category. That's a that's a that's an excellent point. Um, so, I think Yuki Terumi has to be on this list. Let me give you the elevator pitch for Yuki Terumi. Yuki Terumi used to be a dude. Then he got too much power, and in Blaze Blue, if you get too much power, you can't be a person anymore. You start to sort of like decay, like fucking radiation, right? Mm-hmm. And the there are there is a way to stay alive and running around and that means you need to have a person observe you that's a capital o that's a person dedicated to watching you so that you continue to exist because they also don't understand how schrodinger's works um (laughs) but terumi couldn't pull terumi couldn't pull that one off because no one likes him because he's an asshole and so he decided to kind of like fucking like a torrent client like peer-to-peer distribute this shit he is kept alive by the fact that so many people hate him so much that he is allowed to continue to exist. And this is a story plot point, because at multiple points in the story, he's in the middle of his major scheme to end the world, and he's like, ah, shit, sorry, I'm gonna fade away. I gotta go be a dick to someone for no reason, so they hate me. <laughs> he's so good. That's really interesting. Okay, yeah, I like that. He's so That's good. Strong. Hmm. 
Let's added... talk about Uncle Death, maybe? Yeah, he's... I definitely think he's the weaker one out on this one. He's a cool character. He's basically this... Uh... He's basically the Grim Reaper with the skateboard, funny sort of hypno-glasses, and uh, a... I think it's a Norwegian accent. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, he's... He's he's basically your cool uncle who basically passes your stuff around. He introduces you to this cool game, Let It Die. And he's basically sort of watching your back all the time, but... Mm-hmm. And during the game Let It Die, you are effectively playing an arcade cabinet, and Uncle Death is leaning over your shoulder every once in a while, basically going, nice! <laughs> it's, yeah. He's good. He's good. Um, Throwing out senpai and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, he probably doesn't actually make it. Um, hmm. So the four we have left are Yuki Tarumi, uh, Doom Guy. Nathan Drake and Monkey King. Um, Emily, how much of your appreciation for Monkey King is based on Journey to the West and how much is based on Dota 2's Monkey King? 80-20? Yeah. And, but it is best old character, so in that way, I mean, like, that's part of what makes Monkey King such an interesting fit for that category. It's part He's of why I felt like character. I had to put him. He's the oldest character in terms of the fact <clears throat> that in the story, he's incredibly old. He's old in the fact that he's from a very old story, and this is him being brought back. He's old in the fact that he's been in a bunch of MOBAs before he's in this one. And he's old in the fact that he was teased in Dota years ago. <laughs> he has so many different kinds of old going on. Um, but of course, and also it is best super crazy fun to play. Like, just really neat what they did, even if it's a little fucked. Yeah, they need to, they need to balance his ass. But, I mean, Emily, have you heard his line when he kills Anti-Mage? No, no, no. What is it? Anti-mage, you know, for a guy all about ending magic, you sure like to teleport a lot. <laughs> he has a bunch of he has a bunch of lines calling people out for the hypocrisy. Nice. He has a bunch of lines being buddy buddy. He has a bunch of lines with people who based on like a distorted version of Journey to the West he has history with. <gasps> he has a bunch of lines for people who know Lena trying to help, so getting trying to recruit them to help him getting to Lena's pants. Mm-hmm. Uh He's kind of incredible, but like you know, no, yeah, respectfully. I, well, and also yeah. like very. I mean, sounds like very woozy. I mean, not. Yeah. 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 Not wrong. <sighs> He's a strong character. Um, I wonder how strong Doom Guy is, and Doom Guy is strong, but he's also not as a character. Yeah, he's more of an idea, like. The idea that they could actually take this really classic 1993 icon and make him work in a modern context is kind of amazing. Like, all the all the various mythos stuff is kind of here or there. I'm not impressed as it by it as some people are, but just the his aggression transfers so well to everything else that's happening within it that it really sells him as a iconic character. Like, uh... Just the way how you go to objectives, and it's like, oh yeah, you need to turn this thing off. And instead of doing that, he just completely smashes it to bit with it, to bits with his foot. And the, it's the thing about him, like the thing. I think probably he doesn't make it because, I, as I, I don't think he's he's much of a character. But that's also kind of what makes him special, is that he doesn't feel like 
a person or a being. He just feels like the concept of hating demons with arms and legs. Pretty much. Um, they, that's what it and, says on my dating profile, weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, he's basically rage incarnate. Like, as soon as they um, end up summoning him, he is out to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to completely destroy any sort of trace of demon on this planet. Yeah, he's he's a very he's a very strong concept, but I don't know that he's the best old character. Yeah, I'm fine cutting him. So it looks like our final three are Yuki Terumi, Nathan Drake, and Monkey King, and this is going to be a knockdown dragout. Yeah, I feel like we each have our horse here. Somebody make it. I think that's I think that's Jen's horse, right? Yeah, basically. So um, I don't know how much Uncharted the both of you have played. I've basically gone through all three of them. The thing about Nathan Drake and all those other games, he's kind of this one-dimensional quipping um a fighting machine basically like he goes around he he'll flirt with some people he'll get into some trouble but all in all he's mostly just killing people from one end to the next trying to get that treasure and four kind of takes a step back around that same character and kind of disassembles him against everything else against reality more or less against all these other characters that have been with him and you kind of through the hurt that he's caused all these other characters like there's a point in the game where elena is basically reunited with him for a bit and he basically they both stumble upon this scene that has a lot of historical implications he starts going on this long tangent by himself about how amazing this is and how close to the treasure they are he kind of stops mid-sentence, looks over to Lena, and she just has the saddest look in her eyes. Like, it's... I think... I made this kind of... I made this argument earlier for basically why that moment was one of the best moments in 2016, but it really comes back here. Basically, Nathan Drake is this character who, in Uncharted 4, finally realizes that he has a problem, a treasure-hunting problem, and it's more or less caused everyone around him an immense amount of pain. And the one thing I will say is at the end, he still kind of gets to have his way. Like, mm. they... The game still has to happen. Yeah. At the end, he's still fulfilling the mission, more or less, and going on the great journey and leaving behind a giant wreck. But at the same time, it really does feel like he's realized, I cannot do this anymore. I need to be good to Elena. I need to basically be good to everyone else that's been with me, who's put their necks out on the line for me more than once. And it's this really human moment that... And a surprising human moment for a series that has all... That has been... That has more or less looked the other way most of the time when ever Nathan Drake is on screen. And yeah, Nathan Drake's starting point in Uncharted 1 was, what if we took Indiana Jones and he wasn't a professor and his catchphrase was, this belongs in my pocket, and he killed a million people. Um, 
He kill. I mean, you know, he's a video game character, but he kills so many people. The games look so realistic and treat a lot of things so realistically mm-hmm. that the fact that, like, any time he walks into a room, he walks out leaving 20 corpses gets kind of jarring. Yeah, and it's, it's also worth mentioning that Uncharted 4 ki- finally puts a puts to rest the notion that he was actually Sir Francis Drake's heir. And basically it goes into his history where he kind of had this traumatic relationship with his with this foster home in this sort of like one of those religious convent sort of situations, an orphanage. And he's basically had to watch his brother go through so much pain just to support him more or less and it's kind of this cycle that began around that time and it never really ended until the end of this game more or less it kind of gets roped into this idea of going to extraordinary measures to chase excitement like at the very like in one of the flashback sequences he's breaking into this house because this person basically bought his parent, old parents' stuff, and he kind of realizes after talking with this woman who spent all their she spent all her time basically doing the same thing Nathan Drake has done, like just devoted her life to adventure at the cost of everything else. Though she hasn't really killed a bunch of people, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, re- I think. I think, I mean, I'm not pushing for Nathan Drake. I wanted to help you explain your position. I don't think he wins. I think he certainly would be most improved. Yeah, I was thinking he sounds Um, like most improved. But he also feels like an apology letter for years of them fucking up their writing. Hmm. And I guess I appreciate it, but I don't want to give an award to an apology letter. Um, I like these other two characters. For the apology letter of the year. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, Who's your horse, Em? You know mine, I'm sure. You know mine, Monkey King. You're sticking with Monkey King. I huh? think well, he's make, such a great make a character. case. Hmm. I mean, I feel like you made the case, like that there are so many iterations of him, and that he's an old character in a lot of different ways. I like the history of the character. I mean, especially the Dota team are, and always in every iteration of Dota team have been garbage at writing backstory for people. So it's mm-hmm. nice occasionally when they can lift someone who's not like he went to hell and he was so bad they had to send him to double hell. It's like no, look, there's already this character, super interesting, does neat stuff. We're going to have to figure out how to make that neat stuff work in our game. But, like, funny, they did adapt wise, him. mischievous. Like they, did, Sorry. they did adapt him for their lore in a way that fit into the Dota universe, right? Like, yeah. all of his trials had analogs based on the different spirits. Mm-hmm. And, like, he gained immortality by going into Dota's hell and beating the shit out of Visage. <laughs> um, like... Better than that, right? That sounds dumb. It's better than that. I was thinking, um, no, Colin, you're taking it back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... so I mean, I think it's, I mean, I, I would say the, I think the best argument against Monkey King is that Dota didn't make it a great character. They, I mean, he continues to be a great character in Dota, but Dota did not create a great character. They have a great character in their game. Mm-hmm. So. Whereas Yuki Turumi is a character that has been good the whole time and is Perhaps his best self in Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Mm. Um, also, he, this is one of those cases that I have to make, even though it's not going to sway either of you in the slightest, right? Mm-hmm. In his moveset, 
the moves that he can use in the fighting game part of this game, he has five different ways to stomp on your head when you're on the ground. That's just expressing a person through your mechanics right there. It's beautiful. Oh, what a good character. He's just the meanest ghost. It's great. Meanest ghost sounds pretty good. He had uh, his the pl- in uh, the second game Continuum Shift. His plot centered like his his plan centered around getting killed. That was his plan. Was I need to I need this guy to kill me at the <laughs> right time. I can't kill me anytime. Kill me at the right time so that my ghost is in the right place. Like my ghost of my ghost is in the right place to make <laughs> some shit happen. And he makes some. He turns off the Groundhog's Day loop. I mean, that sounds like the winner to me, for sure. Ah. (laughs) Jen sounds more amused by the concept of Turumi winning than sold. No, I um, I actually think Yuki Turumi is the strongest character of these that's left. If we're not going to accept Nathan Drake. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's not like we can't accept Nathan Drake. I don't want to. Yeah, (laughs) I know that, but you don't want to, which is why I'm saying Mm. we should go with... uh, I I think Monkey King is really cool. I also think that his strength is, like you said, based on his number of interpretations, like uh, everything from Dragon Ball Z to Enslaved Odyssey of the West, and it it's a very well, it's a very famous story, and it's one that has stood the test of time for a good reason, but I don't think that should, I don't think Dota, Dota 2 should just get the kind of, yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, legit. Okay. All right. Well, our best old character is Yuki Turumi from Blaze Blue Central Fiction, with runners-up Nathan Drake from Uncharted Four and Monkey King from Dota Two. And uh, yeah, that does it for for the gimmick awards. Actually, that is all of our gimmicks that we wanted to award, <laughs> like that we yeah. thought to award in advance. More next year. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. No, this was we. Ha- I had I had fun, and we're we're gonna have to have a, a lot of plans for for next year, but. We do also have our proper game of the year, which we're going to have to record at some point here. Um, so look forward to that. That'll be a good a good argument, too. But for now, um, I'm Colin Detmar. I'm Jennifer Uncle. And I'm Emily Dalton. And thanks for joining us. Peace out.